Welcome to the Mapped Out Money Podcast, where we help you use your money to do more of what matters. You're listening to episode number 71. And today's episode is sponsored by the Mapped Up Money Book Club. So this is a a free book club that we started last year, and we do a book roughly, I don't know, once every couple of months, once a quarter, something like that. And we're kicking off the new year with Atomic Habits by James Clear, which you've probably heard of because it's like one of the best-selling books, I think, of all time on Amazon, maybe. I may have made that, maybe made that up, but uh, I, I think I saw <laughs> that somewhere. Sounded really good, though. Uh, anyways, it's a, it's a fantastic book, and we're uh, Hannah and I are rereading it to go along with this. So we're going to have a meeting on Thursday, March 31st. So you've got plenty of time to get this book and read it uh, before then. So March 31st at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go to mappedoutmoney.com forward slash book club to be on the list to get notified where the Zoom link is going to be and any updates that we send out. So today's episode is something where we're, we're just trying to give you another tool in your, your toolkit, your tool belt, if you will, when it comes to financial decision making. This came up for us because we were shopping for doors. So what we're talking about, right, is, is a front door for our house, which we already have a front door. It doesn't need a front door. But then also we're wanting a glass sliding door in the back. And so none of those things are like problems that have to be fixed today because there's an issue. They're nice to have that we would like to save up for and do. So like anytime that you're making a big purchase, there's really three factors that you can play with. And it's like, okay, am I am I going to change the item itself to match whatever my budget is right now at the moment? Am I going to change the amount that I have to spend, which feeds right into option number three, like, am I willing to adjust my timeline? So what I wanted to do in this episode is kind of talk through those three variables in a little bit more detail, give people some ideas for how they can adjust each variable. And I thought it would be also interesting for us to use purchasing a car as an example, because this is one that gets a little bit trickier, Mm -hmm. because cars are not like a front door or a glass sliding door that you don't need and it's totally nice to have. Cars are this really weird gray area of you need them often to to live your life, but you also have a lot of like personal want that can cause you to spend a lot more on a car. But this this works with literally any purchase. And the first variable that you can adjust is the item itself. You can go for a lesser quality item. You can get a used item. You can get a discounted item. So as it relates to a car, you know, we've gone back and forth so many times just in the last few months discussing this, and I don't I don't think we have a solution yet because we're still sort of playing this game of we'll see how long your car lasts. But we're trying to figure out, okay, how will we adjust the vehicle itself to get what we need? And this is where... Um, I really do like the phrase from Paula Pant of you can afford anything, you just can't afford everything, because it's recognizing that we're not going to get the top of the line item in every single area of our life. Like We can't always get the best chair, the best kitchen table, the best car, the best front door, the best computers, the best everything. Mm -hmm. We just don't have the money for that. So we have to be asking ourselves, like, where are we going to really get the item that maybe is our dream item in that category? and then adjust the items in other categories. And so like with vehicles, with me and you, in general, like we're more than happy to buy used. We don't have to have the latest 
uh, and newest, you know, tech. Yeah, we're very utilitarian when it comes to our cars. And so like right now, before we're in the car buying decision making process, we're already like setting our expectations like, okay, when we do go to buy a car, we're not buying a dream car. It's like, what can we get to suit our purposes for the least amount of money possible? Like that's the mindset that we're both taking into it. Yeah. So really all we're trying to do with the vehicles is figure out what's the main purpose of the car. Like with your car, our main purpose is to drive around town, go visit family, carry our pets around. And with the truck, the main purpose is to tow the Airstream. So if we're looking at any vehicle that is, you know, more expensive or adding a bunch of nice to have features that don't really help us solve those two core functional problems for each vehicle, then that tells us we're probably letting the item get too nice, if you will, or too high. And the reason this is important is because like these decisions get emotional really quickly before you realize it. So one of the last times we bought a car was shortly after we got married and we were looking for either a Hyundai Elantra or a Hyundai Accent like hatchback. Yep. And we went to a dealership just to be able to drive both an Elantra and an Accent and make sure that like we were okay with this used Accent option that we had found. And the Accent's like slightly smaller. Yeah. And so, and I think we, when we bought our, the Accent, we spent like around $11,000. Okay. So we kind of have this used option in the back of our head. So we go to the dealership just to kind of like, okay, let's like actually compare, make sure we're good with this. And of course, they had a prior year Elantra that was like pretty decked out. Mm-hmm. And they were like, this is a great deal. It's only $17,000 and blah, 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 blah. Now, compared to all the other new cars and whatever, it was a good deal. Like it yeah. really did seem to be like a pretty good deal, had all the bells and whistles on it. And I'm not going to lie, like it was a little bit tempting. It like was I was nice. like, man, that is that is a nice car. Yeah. And I do like heated seats and I do like heated steering wheels and like all of this stuff that this car had. And you can play this game of like, it's only $6,000 more or whatever, but it was $6,000 that we did not have. Well, but not only that, the, the problem is that you don't even start playing that game. You start playing the game of what you said, which is like, yeah, but compared to this other Elantra on the lot, it's like way better. Yes. And compared to this other blah, 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 blah. And look, if you get the Veloster, which is like the next thing, then this Elantra is actually an awesome deal. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but <laughs> that's not what we're here for. <laughs> yes. and But it's, it's so hard to catch yourself in that moment. And so, and, and I think like, you know, we had really put a lot of thought into this and like talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I think I was surprised by how tempting that car was. It's, it was still really tempting, despite the fact that we had we really... were pretty mentally prepared yes. to make this decision. Um, so we didn't buy that Elantra, but it was tempting. And, um, and so I just think it's definitely worth it to think about things on the front end of these Mm -hmm. big purchasing decisions, because I think we underestimate how emotional they get. Totally. The second variable that you can mess with is the amount that you're willing to spend on the item. So let's say in the case of a car that you have a $15,000 budget for a car and the item that you're kind of interested in is 16,000. Well, we already discussed how you can just change the item. So go find yourself a cheaper car. Well, the other option is you can just change your budget. And so 
With small items, if you're using a budgeting tool, this happens all the time where you're constantly sort of like going, mm, I'm going to take from eating out budget because I really do want this shirt. And so I need more money in my clothing budget. So I'm just going to change the amount that I'm willing to spend on clothing this month and just increase that by taking from food. That's super common. That happens all the time. But with bigger purchases, especially on a really big purchase like a car, do you have the ability to just say, well, yeah, well, let me just take more money from this other part of my savings. A lot of the time with a large purchase, this is where people start going, well, I'll just put it on a credit card well, or I'll I was take about to out say, a bigger loan. The danger is like when you're doing a car loan because yes. it just makes it so easy to do that. Because if you are if you're buying a car with cash and you go, okay, I want to spend an extra $2,000 on this car do I want to take that out of my vacation fund that mm -hmm. I've been saving up to go to Cancun? And you're like, no, I really want that Cancun trip. So I'm going to keep this car in line. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, most of us don't make decisions that no. way. We go like, oh, sure, an extra $2,000 only adds this much to my monthly payment. So yeah, I'll just do that. And we do that in everything in our life. So everything just gets leveled up just a little yep. bit. And before you know it, you're swimming in debt. And you have all these things that you can't afford because you haven't been responsibly making trade-offs as you go. Totally. And so again, like I want to be very clear, I get it. Sometimes you go, all right, well, we need to maybe just increase our budget here in order to, you know, really make the house that we want happen, which means that you've got to consciously decide what you're going to give up in order to make that budget work. Yeah. I'm not trying to sound like a broken record, but just that mindset of you can afford anything, but you can't afford everything. And so making sure that when you are making the decision of this is really important to me and I do want to spend more in this area. Okay. If that's true, where are you willing to take from? Yes. And just how important that is. And if you're not willing to take from anywhere, then you really need to pause and give it a whole lot of thought before you buy whatever it is that you're about to buy. So to be fair, though, on this sort of second variable, because I can already hear there are some people listening going like, well, yeah, I can just make more money, though, right? Like I can just, I'll just make more money. And then I can increase the second variable, which is the budget that I have for an item. And I want to be fair to that argument, because that's legitimate. And that's certainly part of mine and Hannah's game plan in our life. There are things that we're wanting to do in the future and part of our game plan is we need to make more money. And so I think that's a totally legitimate variable that you can mess with. But then and, you're getting into the timeline. But variable. then you're getting into the timeline variable. That's what I was going to say. So um, and one one, if I was going to throw out a resource on this, I read a book last year that I, um, I'm going to say I, I liked. I'm not going to say I really liked because there was a number of things in this book that I'm like, I don't know about that. But overall, I think there were some really, really good nuggets that the book helped me changed my mindset around. The book's called The Lifestyle Investor by uh, Justin Donald, I think. Anyways, uh, the fundamental core point that the book was trying to make, which I really liked, and this was helpful, was whenever you are thinking about something that you really want, like a new house or a car or paying for your kid's college or whatever, instead of thinking about how much money you need to save in order to buy that thing, you should think about how can you invest into some cash flowing asset like a rental property or in his case he he uses a lot of mobile home parks that he ended up buying which is kind of interesting but the point is how can you find an investment vehicle that you can put money into yes it's going to take longer you're going to have to adjust your timeline but how can you find an investment vehicle that you can put your money into that then spits off enough money per month 
to cover that purchase. And so one of the things that he's done is he has adjusted both his timeline and the amount that he's he's able to pay for something by investing that money and then letting the investment cover the purchase. And I just thought that was a really unique and kind of interesting way to think about it. You have to really adjust your timeline most of the time to pull that off. And you but, have to, to really lean into planning. Yes, and you've got to really lean, yeah. in, lean into planning. But I, I thought the, the idea is helpful. So it's recognizing that when you are adjusting variable number two, which is your amount you're willing to spend, it is both... How can I cut from somewhere else, right? Where am I willing to take from in order to pay more for this thing? Or how can I make more money via an investment or my business or at work or a raise or whatever in order to adjust my budget? Oftentimes, you're adjusting multiple variables. And sometimes there's like this intermediate phase. Totally. There's an intermediate period. That you embrace and yep. then maybe go on to buy the thing that you really want. All right. So that brings us to our, our third variable, which is the one that we obviously have been talking about a lot, which is your timeline. If you are unwilling to change the item itself and you're like, no, I'm, I'm not compromising on that, and you also don't want to take on debt in order to like make this happen faster or you don't have enough money to be able to make a trade-off or whatever, then you need to adjust your timeline. You have to wait and, and save. Obviously, I mean, this kind of goes without saying, but you know, we think when you're buying a car, you should buy the car that you can afford in cash. Like we don't think you should be going out and taking out car loans for things and, you know, loans for everything. And let me let me add one little asterisk to that point, because I can hear some of you going, yeah, but um, actually interest rates are so low right now for your math oriented people. They're going, interest rates are so low and blah, 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 blah. Actually, it makes more sense to take out a loan, invest the difference. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I get it. The problem with that approach is that oftentimes for the average person, the second that you are willing to take out a loan for a big purchase like a car, you will all of a sudden start making all kinds of justifications for yourself for increasing the niceness of that vehicle and ratcheting, ratcheting up that loan amount um, to whatever you can afford monthly. And so I don't disagree with you that mathematically, it can make sense to sometimes take out a car loan. The problem is, very few of us have the emotional discipline discipline to actually make that mathematical decision work. Okay, off my soapbox. But that's where <laughs> that's where like self-awareness comes into totally. play and like knowing totally. am I the person who can actually do this and like yes. actually make the mathematical decision or am I like most people and I'm going to get swayed by my emotions mm-hmm. and so it's just better not to play with fire. Yeah, I think so when I'm talking about this variable too, the the thing that always comes into my mind is Ronnie Chang has that whole bit in his Netflix special about Amazon and how Amazon Prime isn't fast enough for him or for any American. And uh, I'm not going to try to recreate that bit because I wouldn't do it justice. But you should you should Google search Ronnie Chang Amazon Prime. It's like a four-minute clip. And it's hilarious, and it's so true because he just talks about how in this culture in America, we can't get what we want fast enough and how – Amazon Prime, two-day shipping isn't enough. Prime now isn't enough. We need to have Prime before. Amazon needs to send it to me before (laughs) I even know that I want it. And just how impulse shopping is so sort of uh, detrimental in our culture. And 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 so for that reason, this is the variable, the timeline that people just are mostly unwilling to change. Yeah, we're such a society of instant gratification. And that kind of leads into, um, this is a little bit of a side note, 
But as far as this whole car decision and us talking through like, okay, when when we do have to deal with this, like, how do we want to deal with it? We've actually just recently said if slash when my car does just absolutely die on us, we're going to default to we're not going to buy another car right this moment. We're going to function as a one car household for a little bit. Instead of thinking ahead and going like, oh, it's going to be really annoying Mm -hmm. to only have one car, we're going to wait until it actually gets that annoying. And the reason we're doing that, we have so many other places that we're wanting to use our money Totally. right now. We want to see like, okay, why is this such an annoyance? And what is the baseline car that we need to like get rid of that annoyance? The point I really wanted to make with that is I, I think a lot of times we can go into a for lack of a better word, default panic mode. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my gosh, the car died. We have to run out tomorrow and address this issue. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to think ahead to that point and go like, okay, this isn't actually like a panic scenario. And yes, we can function totally fine with one car. So if we are faced with, oh my gosh, my car just crapped out on us, quote unquote, unexpectedly, we're not going to rush into trying to deal with it the next day. We're going to take our time in dealing with it and recognize ahead of time, like, this is not an urgent problem for us. This is a problem that we can take time to figure out and really figure out how much we're comfortable spending on it and how much money we want to direct that way. Totally. To your point, that taking the time piece and operating with a clear mind is the most important because almost every time we have made a, I don't know, less than ideal financial decision, uh, it's been because, you know, we're rushed, emotions are high, you know, and we're, we're not really giving it the, the due time to think it through. And most of the time, it's been this urgency that we've placed on ourselves trying to avoid annoyance, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. just incon- an inconvenience, yep. like, oh, it's going to be a little bit of an inconvenience. And like, we're so desperately trying to avoid that, that we make these like rushed emotional decisions. And uh, it's hard not to do that. It is. So I think that the, maybe the last thing I want to say about this point is, to me, the timeline variable is one of the most powerful ones that you have. One of the most powerful things you have in all of your finances really is patience and adjusting your timeline and the expectations around your timeline. And willingness to vary this makes you not normal. And it makes you to where like you're really valuing future flexibility and efficiency over you know this sort of immediate gratification. And I know that that makes me and Hannah not normal, but that's okay. This is one of those scenarios where like, I don't, I don't want to be normal. Um, I saw this tweet from this guy that I like following name, Brennan, his, his Twitter handles, uh, budget dog. He used to work at a credit card company. And so he, he, every now and again, will share some insights about his experience. And he had shared something the other day that was like, credit card companies will put you into three main categories or groups. One is the revolver, which is 40% of adults. One is the transactor, which is also about 40%. And then neither, which is 20%. And basically, he says the transactors pay their bills on time and the revolvers do not. And the industry refers to transactors as deadbeats, though. They can't make any money on you. And uh, and he just sort of tweeted like, I wonder why. And this goes back to this idea of like, it is normal to overextend yourself. It is normal to want to take on debt to vary the budget rather than varying your expectations of the item or the timeline. We don't want to be normal. We want to be abnormal, being willing to vary our expectations around the timeline and consciously try to make the best decision possible. Yeah. And 
you know, what we're really trying to drive home here too is like, we're not, we're not just like preaching frugality and like never spend on anything Mm -hmm. and you know, whatever. If cars are really important to you, then be patient and save up to get that really nice car that you want. Just don't rush the timeline and do it with debt. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's the big, big takeaway is I don't want you compromising on the things that really, really matter to you. And we've said that before about a number of different purchases in our life of like, no, if this is the one that we really, really want, then I don't want to rush it. Let's just wait. And we will wait it out and we will save up and then we'll make the one that we really, really want happen. And so I guess my biggest hope for this episode is that especially when you, when it comes to your bigger purchases, but even some of your day-to-day ones, if you can take just a second and start thinking through, okay, what are the variables here? So it's the item that I want, the amount I'm willing to pay, the budget, and then the timeline. And then I can mess with those consciously and you can mess with multiple ones. And then the biggest thing is saying, again, you know, most people only vary the item itself or the amount they're willing to pay. They are very unwilling to adjust the timeline. And we're encouraging you to like, make sure you recognize there's three things here. And one of your most powerful ones to mess with is the timeline. I love it. You want to talk about some stuff we like? Yeah, stuff we like. Going along with um, Atomic Habits that you talked about for a book club, the other book that I wanted to throw in as something that I'm liking is Ruth Jo Simon's When Striving Cease. And I'm reading that together with Atomic Habits. And it's just really nice because it's like the Christian perspective and making sure that we don't get wrapped up in the gospel of self-improvement instead of the real gospel. Mm -hmm. And it's been very good for me to start off 2022 reading both of those together. I think it's really important to remember that, yes, there are um, lots of things that we can do to improve our habits and improve our situation and change our lives. And then also at the same time, recognizing that we are flawed people uh, and we very much need to rely on God for our future. And so I'm, I'm pumped that you're reading both those and um, I'm going to probably read through it after Hannah finishes it. So if that sounds like something you need, check that out. All right. You really already did our summary. So I feel like, yeah, I think we're good. This to one's go. done. So as always, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.